Hey, survivors. You are listening to the Survival Brothers Podcast. We're two brothers trying to help each other prepare for an uncertain future. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to the Survival Brothers Podcast. My name is Ethan, and I'm joined by my older brother, Blair. And you can find us on Twitter at ServeBrosPod. You can find us on Instagram at Survival Brothers Podcast. And you can email us at survivalbrotherspodcast at gmail.com. And how are you doing today, Blair? I'm doing excellent, bro. Real good. good. This is the second time we've uh, been doing this recording. A couple nights ago, we tried, and there was a thunderstorm in Indiana that actually took my power out. So, uh, basically lost our recording. So this is round two. Yeah. It'll, it'll never be as perfect as it was. Yeah. Uh, it was the best podcast. Yeah. Best one we've ever done by far. Yeah. We'll try though. (laughs) So I had uh, my daughter's birthday and we went out to eat and uh, sorry, this is way off topic. This is just uh, trying to brag about myself for a second. So my son was like rocking back in his like his chair at the table and I wasn't paying attention and he rocked back a little too far and he started to fall back and my extremely fast re- reflexes I was able to grab him like before he fell over it was like at the last possible second so uh yeah I'm just feeling pretty good about myself but also maybe I should have been more aware of my surroundings to watch him because my wife said he'd been rocking like that for a long time or for several minutes and she thought he might fall to fall over. So it was a dad reflexes win, but a situa- situational awareness fail. Yeah, potentially. Yeah. It's uh it's, it was one of those that just don't happen very often where you feel like it was just perfect timing. Uh, I don't know if you've seen those videos. There's like a compilation of, of dad saving dad, saving kids. But if we were on camera, it probably would have made it. Nice. Yeah. I have seen those. Those are funny. Yeah. So I'm just pretty, pretty great. Pretty great dad for sure. I think so. So how are you doing? Good. Um, nothing too crazy is going on. No thunderstorms over here. Yeah, we're good tonight. So. Actually, it was kind of raining today, but uh, right now we're good. Well, cool. Uh, we're, what are we going to talk about today? What? What are we going to... So how's the... Uh, well, I, I messed that up. Um, how's the moving going? Oh, the moving's going good. We're, uh, we've been like eating, we haven't bought food in the last set or since we pretty much knew we were moving. Uh, we stopped buying food and we're just basically just living off of our food storage. We've bought milk a few times, but, uh, and eggs, little things that we ran out of, but, uh, it's kind of interesting going through our, basically eating into our food storage a little bit so we don't have to pack as much. Uh, and our water storage, we're trying to drink a lot of that so we don't have to move a bunch of water across the country. And uh, kind of overall has been good, but now it's almost a little, uh, makes me a little nervous that we've eaten into it a little bit. We'll just have to restock once I get there. Yeah, yeah. Once you get here, you'll have two or three days before the election. And uh that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. What, what uh, some scenarios that could happen, some things you might want to prepare for. Yeah, we're going to just kind of, I, we kind of mentioned it a few weeks back, uh, kind of election preparedness, but we're going to go into a little more detail. We're going to talk about, uh, you know, what we kind of expect with a Trump win, 
and with a Biden win and then some other scenarios that could be possible coming up. But we're just about a week. Yeah, we're about a little over a week away. Yeah, yeah, I think this will be, I think it's going to be pretty contentious, pretty, I don't know if it'll be close, but um, I think it's it's uh, prudent to be prepared for what could happen. Um, when we saw this spring that there were a lot of stuff like, you know, missing from the shelves and people panic buying, um, seemed like that was like a, almost like a trial run, you know, get people in the preparedness mindset and, and uh, give people kind of a warning of what they should be doing. And um, I think this election could be another one. I don't think it's going to be the big, you know, end of the world, but I think uh, there could be some more panic buying and, and stuff like that. Yeah. And there's still some kind of rumors or whispers that, the supply chain is still not fully recovered and there might still be supply 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 chain issues down the road, regardless of election, but election could just uh, make that worse or put more stress on the system when it might be a little more fragile than usual. Uh, but yeah, we're, we think it's probably good to take precautions, especially if you're in high risk type areas. And so let's first talk about, uh, I guess a Trump win, because I think that might be the highest, well, that might be a slightly higher immediate risk than with a, a Biden win. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think people are not going to take it well if he does win. They're going to be pissed. There's going to be riots, um, you know, maybe highways blocked, uh, looting, all kinds of stuff like that. If you live in any city, I think that's something to watch out for. Yeah, I think, I mean, there are people, you know, if you're, if you spend a lot of time online um, outside of your bubble, because I'm guessing most people are not in the uh, Antifa bubble that listen to this podcast, but uh, not that I've been in that bubble, but I've seen comments and I've seen people who, who genuinely believe that another Trump, another four years of Trump is like inherently dangerous to them and the country. Um, which seems a little irrational to me. I, you know, again, I don't, I think I've mentioned before, I, I'm not Trump's biggest fan, but I definitely don't have any, uh, hate, I guess. And I don't think he's, uh, dangerous to the country in any way, especially the way that they're making it seem. So the, there's people who genuinely believe that and people who go to far lengths to disrupt uh, and be upset and I guess uh, act out if he gets elected again. Yeah. People have kind of gone overboard with like the, I don't know, the polarization, like people say he's a fascist. Um, he's authoritarian. You know, I, th I think he certainly has some authoritarian tendencies. He, uh, he likes to praise dictators and he's, I think he said on more than one occasion, he wishes he, he could have you know, more power to do the things he wants, but he still has to, you know, to work with a Congress that's going to be probably mostly democratic. Um, he still has to, to go through the, the process. And, and so I think those, those things are a little, a little bit overblown, 
but when people feel like that, when they feel like their enemy is, is the, you know, personification of evil and, uh, you know, the second coming of Hitler, you know, they feel pretty justified in doing some really crazy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely doesn't seem justified to me, but, uh, well, it's not, it's, it's irrational in that group and either side. I mean, it's just, if everyone just took this calmly, I guess, or like most other elections, uh, you know, I just, I don't think there would be that much difference in their lives outside of the overreaction to the result. Um, at least not right away, but yeah. So with the Trump election, there's definitely going to be riots. I mean, there were riots when he was elected the first time in some major cities, especially Portland and Seattle areas uh, that I remember. So there's definitely going to be more riots if that happens. So kind of just be aware of your situation. Obviously, you're going to know if you're in a high-risk area. If you're in the middle of farm country, you're probably going to be okay. Yeah, those are those are kind of some uh, short-term uh, effects of a Trump win, but there could also be some longer term effects. And I think one of those would be just kind of like political um, dysfunction, like even more than we've seen. I think a lot of people are going to think that his presidency is illegitimate. Um, they keep talking about how, you know, he, he didn't win the popular vote and I'm sure he won't win the popular vote this time either if he does win. And so there's going to be different, uh, people in different, maybe even states or local governments that just say he's illegitimate. You know, we're not going to follow uh, federal law or this or that. Maybe even you could see a state secede. I mean, we've heard threats of, of California seceding. Um, and then, you know, if there's sometimes when there's a, a democratic president, you hear threats of Texas seceding, but um, I wouldn't put that out, out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, that'd be really interesting. I I have a hard time believing that a blue state would secede. And maybe this is, um, I mean, this isn't, uh, I guess, full factual based, but it seems like, well, at least California. I know California has not been run well, so maybe I won't lump in all blue states. But California is, I think, pretty dependent on federal aid in a lot of cases. So at least they always seem to be asking for it. So I... I guess I'd be surprised if if California tried to secede. But yeah, if, and there's probably a lot of red states that rely on federal aid as well uh, heavily. But anyway, that that would be interesting to to see if that would happen, or if there's a push for that, and what the federal federal government would do about it. Yeah, that would be pretty extreme. I mean, just because so many things are handled at the federal level, like uh, Medicare. And um, all these different programs, it would be hard to just yank that away from people and, and start it on a new state program. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, is there anything else uh, to be prepared for for a Trump win? Um, the last thing that I've got written down is the the stimulus plan that people keep talking about and that they keep saying that they're close to passing um, the Democrats and re- Republicans have to work together to to get a stimulus package and and try and um, extend unemployment benefits and do small business loans and stuff like that. And um, they keep saying like any day now it's going to pass, but 
it hasn't yet. And I wonder if if Trump wins, are they going to be more likely or less likely to to uh, pass that stimulus? And honestly, I'm not really sure. I don't I don't know that much about politics, but yeah, that's a, good, think about. yeah that's a good point. I would I would guess if Trump wins and the stimulus has not been passed, I mean, my gut feeling would be it would be harder to pass because. I mean, I think most Republicans voted for the stimulus last time, right? I mean, most of the Senate, almost everybody voted for it, if I remember correctly. So, and I kind of feel like that was a political move, not necessarily a move based on their principles or their, their, uh, what they normally would do. Um, so I would, my guess would be stimulus would be less likely to pass if, Republicans um, won if Trump won and if the Republicans keep the Senate. And so just because they won't be needing those votes or they won't be, does that make sense? What I'm trying to say I, people are, they might lose votes if they don't vote for stimulus, that they're going to lose more votes than they would gain by not voting for it, even though they might've gained my vote if they didn't vote for it. Yeah, yeah, I think most people want it to happen. Um, I think a lot of people feel like the the coronavirus and the government's response to it with like lockdowns and stuff, you know, wasn't their fault. And so if they're hurting or they need need money, they feel like well, the government should provide that because it's you know, they they did the lockdowns and and everything. Yeah, and that might cause more if if stimulus still doesn't get passed, that might cause more social unrest as well because, I mean, they've basically made it seem like a stimul- another stimulus was going to come even shortly after the last one. So people might have been planning for it and planning their lives around that, and if it doesn't come, they might be in a bad situation because they uh, didn't plan properly. So, you know, I, you know, the biggest riots would probably be caused by people not having enough food and. Um, or living conditions. Yeah, yeah, true. But yeah, I think long-term if Trump wins, I would think that we'd be in a uh, slightly better situation long-term. Because I I would guess, I would hope that the riots don't last too long, at least in major areas or in most areas. Yeah, I don't know. I I think that the unrest would last a long time just because the whole edifice of media and government and Hollywood, academia, they all seem to be um, on this anti-Trump anti-Trump thing where they they say that you know it's going to be the end of the country and, and democracy is over and just all this hyperbole. And so I think they kind of encourage that. Um, well, I guess what would you consider a long time? Because I was thinking even if it's two or three months, that that's I know that's kind of a long time, and some like at the time it feels like it's been a long time, but you know, in two years, it will I mean it'll be over, I would think. But do you think it would last longer than two or three months, like protests or major un- unrest? I don't know. I think there tends to be less less unrest in the wintertime. Yeah, so that's true. Could be as the weather turns colder, they won't do it as much. 
but then there could be flashpoints, um, like maybe the trial of um, the police officer that, that uh, knelt on George Floyd's neck. Oh, and yeah. If he doesn't get convicted, that could be a flashpoint or, you know, one of these other trials. Um, yeah, yeah I, I don't know. I think, I guess the winter might be calm, calmer, but. I think even if Biden's elected, if, if he doesn't get, if Chauvin or however you say his name isn't convicted, I think uh, that's going to be a flashpoint regardless. Oh, yeah. Yeah, probably. I, I'm wondering when that that's scheduled to to either go to trial or. Yeah, hopefully they just prolong it because the longer we get away from it, hopefully the less impact it'll have. But let's let's talk about a Biden election and what uh, what you might need to be prepared for. And, and again, a lot of these things might not be a big deal in your life or they might not end up being that big of a deal. But we just want to explore some options, even if they're less likely to happen. Yeah, well, so one thing about like the stock market and, and business investment and stuff is that it tends to reflect expectations about the future. So I would say there's a good chance if Biden wins that the economy takes a hit of some kind, whether the stock market um, goes down or there might be mild recession as, as you know, businesses prepare for like higher taxes or more regulation. Um, so I think that's a very real possibility that you should prepare for, like just in your, your job and, and saving money and stuff. Yeah. I know Biden's talked about, you know, stock market gains being taxed at a higher rate or like income, which I think is a lot higher than it they currently are. And so um, people might be pulling their money out of the stock market if Biden gets elected. Of course, I I wouldn't think any of his tax regulations would go into effect until the beginning of next the next year because uh, it seems like that's usually how, you know, cause he wouldn't be able to pass them until, you know, spring at the earliest. Um, and it would probably be a, a law that goes into effect the 1st of January, 2021 or 2022. So it might not happen right away, but yeah, if he's taxing stock market gains at higher rates, there's a good chance it would crash from people pulling their money out before those rates come go into effect. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think this, this scenario is the most likely one. I think, I think Biden's probably going to win. Um, just, a just a gut feeling, I guess. I think Trump barely won last time around. And I think he seems to be, uh, less popular with, with certain segments of the population, like suburban dwellers and women and um, I don't know. I just, I don't see Trump winning, but I think, I don't know. I think, yeah. I think Biden's yes. going to So there might not be much, there probably won't be much social unrest with Biden victory. Um, but yeah, there's other consequences, you know, uh, gun laws um, are likely to change with the Biden administration. So gun sales would definitely go up after the election if he's won. So if you're planning on buying a gun anyway, I would, you know, we talked about this before the podcast, but we would definitely recommend buying one as soon as possible before the election, especially if, if you can, if you can find what you want. Yeah. 
I think even if even if Biden can't do what he wants to, because he not only has to have, you know, a majority of the of Democrats in the Senate, but he also has to have like certain rural Democrats that probably wouldn't vote for gun control, like like let's say Joe Manchin of West Virginia. He's he's a Democrat, but he you know, his um supporters are all you know from a rural area so they're not going to want more gun control so i i don't think more gun control is really likely even if he wins but i think the perception will be that it's likely so i I think it's a really good idea to to buy a gun before gun before the election because they might be out of stock you know afterward yeah and my well with with how executive executive orders have gone in the past with Obama and Trump. I mean, I wouldn't put it past him to sign an executive order on gun control at some point if he's getting the pressure to do so. Or if he doesn't, uh, if Biden doesn't last long in office, I know there's a lot of talk about Kamala Harris becoming the president after a small amount of time if Biden becomes unfit or, you know, there's always rumors like that, which I don't know the validity of them, but I would definitely wouldn't put it past her to to not be afraid of executive orders. Yeah, and the the, the executive branch controls like the ATF, so I mean they could just kind of slow everything down if they wanted to as far as like I don't know, background checks or or, or just major ammo restrictions or major you know, yeah, import restrictions. Yeah. Stuff like that. So, they, could, they could stop imported guns from coming in i think yeah yeah i think you know i know you said you think uh, biden there's a good chance he wins and i think there's probably a good chance he wins too but I, honestly i wouldn't be surprised at all if trump won based on sentiment that i see from you know and again i know i'm in my my bubble but um i just i know there's a lot of support for him still i see it all the time and i see uh i think there's probably a lot of people who are going to vote for him that wouldn't tell other people that they're, they're voting for him. In fact, our, I just saw our uncle talking bad about Trump on Facebook and he's a guy that I wouldn't, wouldn't, I'd be surprised that, how am I putting this? I'd be, I'm surprised that he was not voting for Trump and he got a lot of hate on his post. He got a lot of people like ridiculing him and almost saying like, Oh, I thought better of you and all this stuff, or I thought more of you. So stuff like that makes people, afraid to post their thoughts or to say their thoughts on Trump. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a lot of hidden support um, of people that uh, have seen how radical the left has gotten and maybe might turn up more for Trump and maybe they didn't want to vote for him last uh, four years ago. So I'm not saying I think he's going to win. I still think Biden's probably going to be going to win, but I would, I'd probably give it like a, 55 45 maybe a 60 40 chance of trump winning oh no 60 percent biden probably or 55 percent biden i don't think it's i think it's still pretty close yeah i think it's close and i've seen like you said i've, I've seen that too and i've this is just anecdotal but i've also seen people on my facebook feed who didn't really even post about politics like a few years ago and now they're like talking about how much they hate Trump and they want to vote for Biden. But then on the other side, I've also seen people that are like 
basically liberals that care about stuff like free speech and, and, um, you know, media bias that, uh, you know, are going to vote for Trump, even though they're not even conservative. Yeah. It's all, yeah it's, all be... kind of, it's all kind of anecdotal for us, but I don't know. I just, something tells me Biden's going to win. I, I don't know. Yeah. No, no, I wouldn't be surprised I, if Biden wins. I just wouldn't be surprised either way, I guess. Um, but yeah, that, uh, well, that speaking of it being close, that kind of brings us to what might be the worst situation of all. And that would be an undecided or a, a, uh, what's, how did you put it? A contested election. Contested. Yeah. A contested election. So if there's just, uh, if it takes a long time to get results, um, or if there's some kind of, I don't know, manipulation, that's, I don't know what, what are your thoughts on what could cause a contested election? Um, just stuff being too close to call then ballots, you know, coming in, in the mail. I know there's a, a Supreme court decision in Pennsylvania that said that they can count ballots like up to like three days after the election day. So that would mean that you could still mail your ballot in. Like, I think that would mean you could mail your ballot in like the day after election day. Um, but I don't know. they people are going to sue to try and, and throw those ballots out. Other people are going to sue to try and keep them. So we could see like lawsuits going through the courts that might, you know, decide the election. And if the election gets decided by, you know, a, a majority conservative court and it, you know, it's decided in favor of, of Trump, you know, that could be really ugly. Yeah. You know, the trust in our inst- institutions would, go down and, and people would, would freak out. Um, so yeah, that might make the worst case scenario for me. Yeah. That might make people on both sides of the aisle, uh, uneasy and unwrecked, you know, a lot of people, yeah, on both sides, just getting kind of crazy and acting out. Yeah. and, And who knows how long it could take too. I mean, I think generally these things happen pretty fast. In 2000, there was a, a court decision that basically handed the the win to, to Bush. And I think it happened pretty fast, but yeah, I don't know how fast it would happen this time around. Yeah. When you voted, was it uh, a paper ballot? Because I know we both voted early already. Yeah, I, I mailed it in. Okay. We had, I went to a polling place because we have uh, electric or we have a, uh, early voting and it's all like an electric machine that uh, we voted on. So you would think that would be pretty, I would think that would be pretty standard for in-person voting. Just you'd think that would be a better way to count, I guess, but I'm sure that's not universal. Yeah. Are you going to try and vote in Utah again too? No, I don't think so. I I guess I would need a license by then. But uh, I think that's – isn't that illegal to vote, at least in the um, presidential yeah, election? Sure. Yeah, since I won't be in – I figured I wouldn't have time to vote in Utah, so I figured I'd vote now, vote here. Okay. And the uh, the Indiana governor election is a pretty close one between the – it's actually between the Republican and the Libertarian. So 
That'll be interesting yeah. to see those results. Yeah. So getting back to this contested election, um, it worries me a lot. I think, you know, in between the, uh, the results coming in, there could be pretty bad riots. There could be people just upset, um, thinking that the democratic process is, you know, being cheated somehow. And, um, I think we could see a lot of violence. There could be political violence. I wouldn't rule out maybe even like assassinations. Um, I don't know. Just the rhetoric is, is so heated that that I I wouldn't be surprised at a lot of stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that's up in the air. A lot of things that are normal has changed a lot. And another thing I was I was thinking is as it gets colder, the winter months, the flu season is going to come on, and it might be might create a another COVID nineteen season almost where uh, coronavirus deaths or cases at least start jumping up. And I think they've already started to uh, spike a little bit in some areas, a lot in the Midwest, I know for sure. Um, so that might start more lockdowns, might start more mandates and, and which could also cause more unrest in the future and supply chain issues like they did the first time. So um, we definitely think you should be topping up your food storage, uh, you know, all of your preps basically. Yeah, there was, you know, you never know when when the food supply is going to have some kind of hiccup or interruption. I mean, we saw the floods this summer in China, and um, they lost something like 12 or 20% of their um, crops or something like that. And they're, so they're going to be ordering more food from us which means our food is going to get more expensive. And then another thing that happened over the summer in August was in Iowa, there was this big storm like hurricane force winds that um, destroyed like 19% of their uh, corn crop. Um, so all these things, they haven't necessarily shown up yet in the prices, but I think they very well could. So I, I think people need to make sure their pantries are stocked up and, you know, get everything you need as soon as possible. Yeah, completely agree. It's just, you just never know. There's so many things going on, it, it seems like now. So hopefully things will start to calm down, but you just, I just don't expect them to, at least not in the near future. No. Um, yeah, are there any holes in your preps you're, you're trying to fill? Well, it just kind of, it's kind of a crappy situation with the move, just trying to to uh, figure out what we're what we're gonna have. Or I, we're, I think we're just gonna have to reinventory once we get to Utah, since we've been eating most of it. We just haven't really bought anything, but um, for the last month, it's a little over a month, probably. So we're we'll re-inventory once we get there and hopefully have time before um, anything bad happens. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I feel like I, I'm a lot more prepared now than I was before the pandemic. Um, but I definitely need to kind of plus up my medical, medical supplies. 
and kind of organize it better into a kit. Cause you know how, you know, people have like the medicine cabinet and like the whatever cabinet in the bathroom. And a lot of my stuff is just kind of, um, in there, it needs to be better organized so that if something does happen, you know, I have the stuff organized and ready to, to grab and, and start treating people. Yeah. So that's or just cool. if you need to leave the area, you know, be able to grab as much of that as you can. So oh, it's yeah. not kind of scattered around. But that's another thing that, uh, you know, once I move to Utah, I'll just be able to eat all your food if something happens too. So. Yeah. Well, you've, you've got a freezer, right? Yeah, I'll have a, and I think we're going to be able to move the freezer that, um, we'll, we'll fill it with like water bottles or we'll freeze water bottles before we, um, move and load it up as full as it can go. Cause a full freezer, it looks like will will stay frozen for uh, over 24 hours if it's unplugged. So we're going to have to pack it full into the, our moving van and then unpack it first and plug it right in once we get to Utah. Are you going to spend the night somewhere on the way from, from Indiana to Utah? I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to be driving the, our U-Haul and I'll be uh, just pulling into a rest stop and taking a nap or taking a five or six hour sleep. Okay. Just in the cab probably. And then How many uh, hours of a drive is it? It's about a 24 hour drive or so, but it's also probably not going to be that warm. I think it's going to be somewhat chilly at least. So where based on our limited research, we think the freezer will, and all the food will survive like 30 hours or so. Okay. Yeah. Cause the cool weather and, and the full fullness of the, the freezer. Yeah. So all the cold food and, and stuff will keep the rest of the, or kind of keep each other cold. I guess if that makes sense. It's like a big cooler. Well, I don't even like feel like I have enough room in my house for a freezer. Yeah. Um, it's something I've, I really wanted to get and, and I haven't been able to. Yeah. It'd be nice to, uh, it's nice to have one. I mean, we did that several months ago, just knowing, you know, when all this, the bad stuff was happening, we found, well, and they were hard to find at first. We probably, they were sold out for a couple of weeks and then we finally found some in stock. Nice. I, yeah. doing, I was doing a little bit of research on solar power and I found out you can actually run a freezer on a solar panel, whereas a fridge is a lot more, it takes a lot more energy, so you can't run a fridge. But um, yeah, that's, I mean, it's good to know that you can, even if the power goes out, you can still have that freezer uh, preserving your food. Nice. Yeah, that would, that's interesting to think about. But yeah, I guess freezers don't take as much. They probably take more or take a lot of energy to get everything frozen for at least a while. But once everything's frozen, it kind of regulates uh, or probably just doesn't take that much to keep it frozen, at least in normal weather. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I would think that. So, yeah, I would like to I would like to, to store more meat. Um, um, I, I do have some canned meat, which is, you know, not ideal. Um, just because it's so seems like it's really salty and um, you know probably has like you know nitrates and stuff added but that's kind of one of the holes in my preps that I'd like to try and fix yeah yeah we have some canned meat and 
but yeah, it's uh, it's nice to know that you have you'll have protein. Um, people who don't have like a home defense weapon and they're looking for a gun, be aware there's just not a lot of ammo on the shelves right now, especially for like the main uh, the home defense weapons that people want to get, which are, I think most people get like an AR-15 in a 5.56 millimeter or a 9 millimeter handgun. Um, you could still find those guns, but at least at least in my area, the ammo is incredibly difficult to find. So you might want to think about getting a shotgun. Um, shotguns can be had for pretty cheap. And as far as I can tell, there's still, you know, enough ammo on the shelves that you could get a bunch of practice ammo and then some home defense ammo. Um, whereas it would be hard to get the other kinds. Yeah, that's a good point. Just be aware. Yeah. If you buy a new gun and can't find ammo for it, then it's useless. So, yeah, especially a handgun. Like if you haven't trained on a handgun, um, you could be just more of a danger to other people. Um, it's it's harder to hit someone with a handgun than you would think, you know, especially like from the movies. And you're not going to be able to buy enough ammo to practice and, and train yourself to a, a competent standard with a handgun um, just because there's no ammo on the shelves um but with a shotgun i think it, it doesn't take as much training you know it's a it's a point and shoot weapon you have to aim it but you don't you don't have to, to aim it uh, what am i trying to say you don't have to be dead on like you would with a, a handgun well i mean at, at home defense distances you still have to be dead on because it's the shot doesn't spread out very much in home home defense distances, but it's just easier to aim because it's got a longer sight radius or the distance between, I mean, most shotguns don't have sights. They just have like a little bead on the front, but the length of the gun aids in, um, in aiming it. So it's, it's just a lot easier to aim than a handgun. Yeah. So yeah, if you're, if you're still, thinking about getting a gun this late in the game. If you just found this podcast or you're still, you know, trying to save up some money, I think a 12 gauge shotgun or even like a 20 gauge shotgun would, would probably be the way to go. Do, do uh, guns hold their value decently? Well, you think, especially right now they do, but yeah, if you take care of it, keep it oiled and, and keep it clean. Yeah. They hold their value. Yeah, so if you, if a shotgun is not your overall, you know, your first choice, which, you know, we think it probably shouldn't be your first choice with all things considered. But, you know, if you know you can't find five five six right now, if you buy a shotgun, and then in, you know, six months, eight months, a year or so down the road when things have calmed down and you can find that ammo, you could maybe sell that back, and just basically consider it as like a rental, I guess, for a year. Sell it back for just a little bit less than you paid for it. You know, you probably, I mean, if, if a shotgun's 300 bucks, you probably sell it back for 250, you think, or do you think that's, I think that's reasonable. Yeah. Especially if you have barely used it, but you know, you could just consider a $50 rental fee for the year and then sell it back and use that money towards the, the gun you want. 
long term. Yeah, yeah. Or you could just keep it as like a backup or, you know, if you yeah, have if you, other family members that might, you know, need one. Yeah, if you have the money, absolutely. Yeah. I, I don't know. I Shotguns are not my first choice, but there's just something kind of, um, I don't know if romantic's the right word. Like uh, they harken back to like a simpler time and uh, they're just, they've been effective for hundreds of years and they're, they're still effective now, which is just kind of cool. Yeah. I completely agree. Well, is there anything else uh, you want to go over as far as the election goes or um, immediate prep tips? No, I think, I think that that's pretty good. I think people just need to, to take it seriously and realize, you know, what happened earlier in the spring could happen again or worse. Um, people need to realize we're already still in the midst of a crisis. So when you have, when you're in already in the midst of a crisis and then another crisis comes on top of that, I think there's a good chance that it makes it, you know, exponentially worse. You know, we don't expect to, to have um, these crisis crises, you know, stacked on top of each other. We, we expect to be able to deal with one and then, you know, move on to the next one whenever that comes down the road. Um, and since we're still in this, in this pandemic and we're still, you know, possibly having food shortages from, from weather events and now the election's coming along, which has the potential to be, to be uh, violent or, or there being unrest. Um, who knows what else could come our way? There could be, you know, earthquake or a war something else on top of all this, I think could, it could really stress the system. So um, people should take this opportunity to prepare for any, you know, any excuse they can to prepare should be um, a good opportunity to do that. Yeah. There's still probably not a high chance of a lot of things, you know, a lot of individual things happening, like, but we've talked about like currency crisis, uh, food crises, like these, these things are all at a higher than normal chance of happening, even if they're still not a, a high chance, if that makes sense. I mean, there's just, with all the shutdowns, there's still repercussions that could be coming from those uh, economic shutdowns and all kinds of um, havoc that, or unintended consequences that those created. So uh, I don't think we're completely out of clear on a lot of things quite yet. So just always be prepared and make sure you're, you're staying on top of news and um, not like the news, but just, I guess, what's going on in the world. And you just never know. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, we already, we already gave our, our social media, um, handles. Um, I want to remind people about our Patreon. If you, if you like this show and you think it's worth, you know, 75 cents an episode, our Patreon is $3 a month. And, um, I'm always adding new stuff on there and I've got, I'm kind of uh, finishing up, finishing up a uh, short story. So I'm going to be putting on that, that on there pretty soon. Um, or at least the first part of it. And I think it's interesting. I think it'll be fun to read and I think you'll learn some stuff from it. So check out our Patreon that's coming. Yeah, we appreciate that. And we appreciate everybody listening. We really, pre really appreciate uh, you telling your friends and, 
and family, people that other other people that might be interested in the podcast. Um, unfortunately, with well, unfortunately with the pandemic, that there is a pandemic, but because of it, a lot of people have kind of started looking into prepping, and so our numbers have are probably a lot higher than they would have been if there was no uh, pandemic. And so uh, we appreciate uh, the listeners and new listeners, and we will hopefully uh, continue to provide value for you. So you keep listening. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, we should, we should also just let people know we did delete some of the old episodes that had poor sound quality. Um, There was a lot of uh, the tracks kind of going over each other. So it sounded like we were talking over each other um, and we're going to be re-recording some of those. And uh, Yeah. We, we took too long to figure out our, our audio issues overall um, because it was very inconsistent. We would have a couple good episodes and then a bad episode or two, and then, you know, back and forth. So we uh, basically deleted the first 30 or so episodes. So we're going to, yeah, we're going to redo most of those and, um, hopefully have them uh, updated and uh, good for everybody listening. So especially all the new listeners. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening. I'll leave everyone with a a Liberty quote. This is from a writer named David Harsanyi. He writes for National Review. And in his book called The American Gun, he says, the First Amendment of the Bill of Rights lists the most vital freedoms of man. The second lists the only way to attain them and preserve them. Without the second, there is no first. So. Very good. Cool. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening, and we will see you next week. Yeah, take nothing for granted.